When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Hump Day, everybody. Welcome here to Rumor and Innuendo. It is me, House of Wrestling's Nick Hausman. And me, WWE Creative Issues, Robert Karpolis. And already on screen, because I did not switch out the overlay like I was supposed to do during the video, are our very special guests joining us here at the top of the show from Discovery's Big Little Brawlers. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Psycho and Pinky in the house. Psycho, Pinky, thank you so much for taking the time this morning. Thank you for having us on. Thank you. No problem. Well, we're going to get into a conversation with you guys here in just a moment. I just want to let everybody know on the other side of our talk here, Robert and I are going to be getting into everything involving Tony Khan, Jinder Mahal, uh, the new WWE head of production, Raw viewership, Warner Brothers Discovery touting AEW uh, viewership, which we can talk to you guys about as well a little bit. Ray Phoenix's injury and, of course, Tom Tonga's contract status. We want to give our best to CJ Perry, who may be going back into surgery here for an infected finger as well. So send our best out to you, CJ. All right. Psycho and Pinky, let's get to it here. What do you guys think about the Tony Khan, Jinder Mahal situation? I think that's what everybody wanted to know from you guys. Um, you know, I've been really focused on this TV show, so <laughs> I haven't been exactly caught up with everything. I was just I, the, 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 By the way, the media <laughs> training on that, fantastic. I knew Nick was going to ask a stupid question off the bat. Here's <laughs> what I want to say here. So the, the show premiered last night. I think it's fair to say... Uh, we had Ivar on last week. I think Ivar and you guys are really the heart and soul of this show. And I think the the first question I, I wanted to to ask is, do you feel pressure in that you are representing both your community in general and the wrestling industry on this show? And how do you feel that came across on episode one? I, I know that I feel a heavy responsibility. Um, representing our community as well as the wrestling community and with episode one i felt it was represented pretty good i felt good about what we had to say when it came to little people in the wrestling world but i also felt good on how we looked as wrestlers in the wrestling world yeah i think that was one of the big takeaways i had in watching that first episode is you guys treat wrestling seriously and probably the highest compliment I can give is you almost forget that you're watching micro wrestling and you just feel like you're watching an engaging wrestling show. And I feel like you guys probably work very hard to deliver that in the ring. Definitely do. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, you guys have a chance to work with Cody Hawk, uh, who's trained some of the biggest names in all of professional wrestling. Um, Pinky, I'll kick to you here since Psycho's been doing most of the heavy lifting, I feel like, so far. Uh, what's it like to get to work with Cody and get the get this hands-on experience from somebody who has, again, brought along people like John Moxley into the business? It's actually a pleasure to be in that ring with Cody. Um, I've known Cody for a really long time. Um, I knew him when I did the independent scene, but I also now have the opportunity to be trained by him. And to have that opportunity is pretty awesome like nobody else better for our company other than cody hawk 
Well, and you talk about your time on the independence before this. You know, you guys have experience. You know, it's there's been this women's revolution in recent years, Pinky. I don't know if you've heard about this, right? And like from your perspective to be part of that community and the other community, how have you seen the kind of business grow? I mean, do you feel more accepted? Do you feel like you get more opportunities? Or, or how do you think that the industry has kind of grown around you guys? Um, I feel like the Divas division has definitely grown in the independent world. But also now I've been doing it for 10 years. And now we actually have a bunch of Divas that are fully trained, micro Divas that are fully trained. And we've never had that opportunity and to be one of the main ones that has started the micro divas division growing it's it's an honor it's an amazing feeling to see all these new girls coming in and actually showing everybody what we can actually do yeah and and psycho for you i mean how do you feel like the industry has grown i mean are you getting more opportunities do you feel like you're you know getting treated differently as time goes by or no yeah uh, when i originally started in the wrestling i did a few independent scenes and I was just a run-in or a manager. And now with micro wrestling, I mean, I'm actually one of the main stars. And like you guys said best, I mean, you forget that you're watching micro wrestling and you're watching wrestling. And that's, it's really opened up the last couple of years. I think that's, uh, that definitely comes through. And I think one of the interesting pieces of the show is you guys in the course of the show are building up to, to micro fest. I'm not sure where we are in terms of actual timeline. Have you guys had other big exposure events? And what is it like working in front of larger crowds? Does that alter what you guys are doing? Um, the crowd size definitely matters in a way, but at the same time, it doesn't matter because you can have a small crowd and they be loud and rowdy, or you can have a big crowd and they can be quiet. So it, very depends on what the uh, fan base is, but the bigger crowds definitely make it louder and more fun to be at because there's just more people and they're more energetic. And, and I you feel also having Microfest now, you know, puts a lot more pressure on our plate. As before, we didn't have something we were working toward. We just wrestled every day, so every show was the same. So I wasn't um necessarily put myself or other wrestlers pushing them higher and better and now with microfest people were telling people it's going to be the best or the biggest they've seen so yet and so we have to put on the best that we i mean we have to like do our best yeah yeah absolutely and you guys are playing to not just fans in the live audience but you're playing to fans at homes now too on television right now you haven't seen episode two yet uh, but it is a, a roller coaster ride emotionally how uh difficult or weird was it for you to just have cameras around all the time documenting your life getting into these very personal situations that you both find yourselves in i mean it was definitely weird having someone around you all the time while you're cooking breakfast and you're wondering if that cameraman knows that you're probably doing it wrong and so it definitely puts on more pressure of your everyday life but as the weeks go on in a way they the cameramen don't know most of the time aren't talking to you so they actually kind of fade into the background and you kind of get used to it yeah <laughs> weird okay um now i brought up earlier but that we're going to talk later about this anecdote from warner brothers discovery about AEW. now of course you guys share like kind of the same universe as AEW because discovery is part of warner they're on tnt tbs uh i'm sure it's crossed your mind that man 
that would be some really cool cross promotion. Um, would you? What do you guys think about possibly uh, doing something with all elite wrestling, which which does not currently feature any little people? I think that would be awesome if we did something with AEW, whether it's on our big events where we just have a couple of their guys or whatever. But it would definitely, I would definitely like to see it. What about you? I would love to make it there, even though I feel great here at Micro Wrestling. But I'd really love to see Pinky go there because, like you guys said, she comes from wrestling royalty and her dad was in WWF. So I think for her to get on that stage would be really accomplishment for her. And I think it would really bring her closure. You married correctly, Pinky, by the way. That is a damn good answer right there. I, I, I'm, uh, that my wife, I'm going to tell her this later. She's going to also be a big fan of yours after this. Um, if you guys so, had the, ch- I'm sorry, go ahead, Robert. Yeah. No, you go ahead. No, please. Well, I was going to say, Nick, well, you had if, a question all teed up. If, 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 if there were, I just was, okay. So let's say Pinky goes eight. Is there a particular opponent or somebody that you'd like to work with if you were to get the chance to, to be an AEW? AEW. I don't know. You've never been asked that question, have you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing. There's some big names over there, right? You got Britt Baker. You got Athena. You know, rumors of Mercedes Monet in the wings. I just, I didn't know if there was anyone out there that you just really love to get a chance to share the ring with. You guys caught her off guard. Oh you don't wow! Even know what to say? I, I, I know. Know. I thought this Nick, was the I will, I will give her, I forget. No, I will sorry. give Pinky a chance to, to think this through. So I have a question for you okay. because one of the things that stands out is you really have a, a well-defined gimmick when you're out there. You have the, the 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 contact lens and you are very much a character. Who is it that you watched in wrestling growing up that, that you're emulating that you thought, boy, this is somebody that I really want to model my in-ring performance on? My three wrestling heroes growing up that I watched was uh, Jeff Hardy, and then um, oh man, my mind just went blank. I can't think of his name right now. Why am I going blank on him? Oh my god! So Jeff Hardy, Undertaker, and then he went by the One Two Three Kid, but I Xbox. Oh, X- Sean Waltman. Yeah, X Pac. X Pac. I don't know why I went blank there, but X Pac, uh, Jeff Hardy, and then uh, Undertaker. Those are the three I kind of modeled after. I can see that from your shirt. It's got a vibe. <laughs> it's got a vibe of all of those wrestlers put together right there. Yeah, it does. It makes sense for, for Xbox Sean Waltman because he was not the, the tallest guy out there, but you forgot very quickly about his size because of his skill in the ring. So exactly. I think that, that makes a ton of sense. I, I do have one question to shift gears just for a moment. You guys are our parents. Uh, Pinky, is, uh, do you think that you're going to have the, uh, a third-generation wrestler in the family? I hope I do have a third generation in the family, but at the same time, if she doesn't want to do it, I'm not going to force her to do it, but she is showing like she wants to get in the ring already. Like she goes in during intermissions and will run out and go in the ring during intermission. And I'm like, no, Aubrey, you can't be doing that. Like, so I have a feeling she's going to, and I, I have to talk to Cody Hawk actually about possibly I want him to start training her. Um, Obviously not now, but in the next few years coming, working on some stuff with her. I think she would like it, but at the same time, I'm not going to force her. 
but she does love to be in that ring. Like she was saying, our daughter gets in that ring anytime we're there and there's not a show. And every time she does come to a show, she's just out there watching it. It's she enjoys it. She's during when we all get called out, she's slapping all of our hands. She gets mad if one of the guys doesn't slap her hand. So she, she loves it. it. Yeah. Well, I remember working with Dominic Mysterio when he was a little boy and he was soaking it up. And now you see what a massive star he is. So I think growing up around the business, it's something great to expose him to and hopefully gives you a little break from having to watch Bluey nonstop. <laughs> Yes, you're exactly Thank you. right. Yes, I'm so over Bluey. <laughs> no, Bluey is the of all the kids programming to watch. There's a lot of bad stuff you can be yeah, subjected to. It is. Bluey is I probably the Bluey. highest of the art forms that there are for kids programming. You are correct. You are correct, and it's somewhat entertaining for the kids. You guys, the as the only non-adult, as the only non-parent in this, I feel completely lost in this conversation. This is. This is my dog daughter down here, right there, Willow, and her little dog sitting next to me. Um, she doesn't watch Bluey. She doesn't really watch anything, to be honest. Um, well, talking about parents, Pinky, you know, you talk. We say third generation because, like, was just brought up earlier. You know, your father was in the WWF, I believe, or WWF. Um, can you talk a little bit about your dad and kind of what you learned from him? Like, any advice he may have given you as you kind of got into the wrestling business? Actually, he isn't in my life. Um, we haven't talked in like 10 plus years. That's so right. he's never seen me wrestle. Um, but as a kid, I do remember always going to the shows as when I was really little, um, I would ring the bell. And then as I got older, I would manage my dad and I'd walk him to the ring and stuff like that. So I did get like the locker room experience. I got the behind the scenes and all the action going on in the ring. I did get to see that, but I never fully got any advice from him. I got you. All right. So it looks like it, there was a, there was a, a still not to spoil anything from episode two. There was a still image of your, your father. And it looked like he was doing something with Jerry Lawler uh, when he was there. And I think Lawler for, for years in WWF had engaged with little people and, and not putting it in a very flattering light. Uh, I'm curious how you've seen the evolution of how little people are being presented across the board in wrestling. Um, going from being back then when wrestler, uh, little people wrestlers were with the average, they were a lot of them were being used as like extra props or managers or whatnot. And now we're actually able to showcase what we're actually able to do. Yeah, um, I have a question here from our comment section, by the way. This comes from Talking Twins MLB Podcast. I'm going to put it up and take it away because it covered your faces. Uh, as Psycho and Pinky gain more exposure through Big Little Brawlers, are you guys getting more opportunities as a direct result? And are you able to travel to Canada in case companies up north are interested in booking you? We are under contract with Micro Wrestling. So if they wanted us to travel to Canada, they would have to book us through Micro Wrestling. But we are able to travel we've tried we've wrestled in london england germany germany mexico mexico and uh with the start of the show i mean we it literally just kicked off so i don't feel like i've gotten like within the last 24 hours that much more exposure where people are contacting me people might know who i am now but i haven't felt the effects of it yet so you guys are under full-time contracts with just micro wrestling federation is yeah that wow we're under full-time contract we do about 200 to 250 shows um, a year. The wow. whole company does about 500 shows a year. 
Wow. That's, that's a great opportunity. Yeah. That's the, so the, great. You know? Yeah. We like, wrestle and, about five or six times a week. You know, and you talk to a lot of wrestlers and they're not always thrilled that they're under lo- these full-time deals with the companies that they're with. It's really just nice to talk to some wrestlers who are happy with the, the way you guys are getting treated. It sounds like by the company. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, this company definitely has, um, grown my family let my family grow as a whole and better our lives and better my daughter's life to make sure she has the best life possible but why we're still able to do what we want to do which is wrestle so the this company is probably one of the best companies that supports its actual employees here i have a word a word or a saying a micro the micros run microtown even though the owner is an average dude it's really all us micros that are making the shots and the calls. Yeah, cool. Well, I got something Ivar mentioned uh, is that everybody pitches in and does everything soup to nuts. You guys are setting up the ring, setting up the chairs, learning how to do merchandise and, and all of that. I think, have you found that to be an invaluable experience? Definitely. It shows us how to run a business. Yeah. So even if we were to leave micro wrestling, you know, we still have all this experience on how to run a complete business from the doors to the customers, to the concessions, to the marketing, to even me and Pinky are now um, going to the fair conventions and advertising our show for the fair conventions. That's awesome, guys. Well, uh, again, it's uh, Tuesday nights, 10 nights central on Discovery Channel. It's well worth your time to watch. It is not just about the action. It's about the people as well. And just seeing you guys get lifted up. And again, it, it, you know, there's drama, right? There's some tough situations, but in general, I find myself walking away from your show feeling a lot better. I really think you guys are just fantastic people, and I'm just so happy to see you finding happiness right now in so many ways. Uh, is there anything you guys want to say uh, to the fans out there that are listening or watching right now about why you think they should check out this show? It'll give you a different perspective on little people. It definitely will. It will open your eyes on to see that we can do just as we can do anything that anybody else can do in this world. Amen. All right, guys, thank you so much for coming on today. And again, everybody check out big little brawlers, 10 night central Tuesday nights on discovery. Take care guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you. Guys. you. No problem. All right. Hey, first guest, last guest of, of the, the week. week here. Yeah, that's it. First guest, last guest of the week. What a man. man I man, love fun. I, I love the big little brawlers, dude. Like I'm glad that they're part of our, uh, our show now that we've had three members of the cast on. Here's the biggest challenge because I got a, a preview, a screener of the second episode. And I found out right before we went on that Pinky and Psycho are not watching the shows in advance. They're watching it live. So I couldn't get into stuff that isn't quite spoiler territory, but I will say second episode really delves further into their relationship, their dynamic. Uh, it's, it's really interesting. And anything that's going to put a positive spotlight on wrestling, Nick, I'm a fan of, and I'm sure we have nothing but positive spotlights to talk about today. Let's get to the news, everybody. Tony Khan caused a storm on social media yesterday. (laughs) So this whole thing started. uh, USA Network uh, made a quip uh, about the Jinder Mahal, Seth Rollins match online saying, what was the cage match rating, which was a shot at Tony Khan, who always touts how uh, highly rated his matches, his pay-per-views, his TV shows are over on cagematch.net. So uh, Tony Khan responded to USA Network saying, a moral victory for USA is one 
win more than their world title challenger, Jinder Mahal, has had in the past 364 days because it's been literally a full year since he won a match. You really put AEW in our place, getting getting Jinder Mahal in a big match on your TV show. Do it more often. Now, uh, I'll read the follow-up tweet as well, and then we'll get into some of the reactions. The, he put out another tweet not long after saying, a double standard hook, 28 and one career record on winning streak calls out the champ. A logical challenge sparks online outrage. Gender has literally lost every single match he's in for the past year. Immediately gets title shot. Where is the rage? Hashtag AEW Dynamite tomorrow on TBS. Robert, let's just get your thoughts out the gate on the initial back-to-back tweets Tony put out uh, in response to this cage match tweet. Oh, man. Um, Look. No, I can't even say look, because look is how I start when I'm trying to defend somebody. And at this point in time, (laughs) I don't understand anything about what happened in this situation, because what my takeaway from this was, was thank you, Tony Khan, for promoting Monday Night Raw's world title match between Jinder Mahal and Seth Rollins. You have now excited and engaged a broader audience. You made yourself look really goofy and petty and odd about talking about this stuff. Again, you know this because you are the head of creative. It's a, it's a scripted television program. I think Jonathan Coachman, which we'll get to later, kind of alluded to this, but the fact that you want there to be this massive outrage, if you watch the segment, when Jinder Mahal comes out, Rollins is definitely like, he's befuddled in character. Like, why is this guy here? Jinder, addresses this they talks about their backstory their history seth being the workhorse champion who will theoretically fight anybody is like yeah this doesn't make a lot of sense but let's do this that's literally the story that was being told and it was capitalizing on the fact that gender had that brush up with the rock a week prior i think tony grasping at straws to try to get really angry about gender mahal getting a world title shot is it's baffling, especially when you look at his own booking over the last several months. It's not like you're, you know, people in glass houses or anything like that. Uh, this was so strange. It did not galvanize anybody to support him. And the number of people in WWE, out of WWE, who sent this to me. I like. I only get messages like this from folks when I'm thinking somebody like, God forbid, has passed away. And I probably got about 20 different messages from people throughout the industry going, what the hell is this guy doing? Um, thank you, Tony, for giving us uh, something else to talk about here today on Rumor and Innuendo. There was a bunch of other stuff we were going to talk about here. Sorry, Billy and the CW. Uh, it's TK <laughs> and his phone. Uh, no, just so, a, a big no. So uh, I'll, I'll, you brought up Coachman. I'll Let's get to Coachman stuff first, then we'll get to the other interloper here. Uh, Jonathan Coachman, longtime WWE employee, uh, professional. He's moved away from the business. He's on ESPN now. He does SportsCenter, right? He had done SportsCenter for a while. He was doing stuff with, with golf. Uh, he's, he's, a media, he's a sports media personality. Okay, but very legitimate individual, right? Re- legitimate individual. Very legitimate individual. Really no reason to get into this. But Jonathan Coachman 
for whatever reason, decided to wade into these waters. Um, he said, we also used to get amused at fans who counted wins like wrestlers earned them. Hell, if Vince wanted, I could have been world champion, but the storyline didn't support it. It's about the story clearly not wins in a predetermined space. Thought a boss would understand that. And this is kind of a weird space that Tony has found himself in because when he started off AEW, it was going to be all about wins and losses. It was going to be the sports-based thing. They still keep the wins and losses up on the website. Like, they still keep track of them. But as time has gone on, there's a multitude of different places where you could point that people have just been getting opportunities or are slotted in because of convenience. So, you know, there's that. Um, I also thought it was interesting that he pointed out the 28 and 1 as opposed to Mahal not having any matches in the past year or whatever. Uh, Jinder Mahal has wrestled, I would argue, thousands of matches. <laughs> Jinder, Mahal. <laughs> Jinder Mahal has wrestled more than 29 matches in his life and is a former WWE world champion and can make the case that he deserves a title opportunities. I believe that based off of his track record. I don't need him to have won 28 matches in a row or whatever to make the case that, hey, I'm probably somebody that if you and I have a problem, let's put the title on the line. You prove me wrong. I don't have an issue with that. Yeah, I think part of it is, number one, yes, he is a former world champion. And now we're arguing within the world of kayfabe. How stupid is this? But regardless, I will because it's the lawyer in me. Here's the deal. Yes, Jinder Mahal is a former world champion, which means as a former world champion, you then have the ability, if you challenge a world champion, there is some degree of credibility. Jinder Mahal over the last several months has been managing into share. He has not been an active in-ring competitor. And his challenge to Seth, and this is the part that I feel like Tony, of all people, would love. Jinder Mahal was Seth Rollins' opponent when Seth Rollins won his first NXT title. At the end of their tournament, I'm saying all oh, the Tony's buzzwords here, tournament, storyline from nine years ago that we're finally paying off. This is his sweet spot. And they laid that out on television. It's not like they just put up a graphic out of nowhere and said tonight, Jinder Mahal versus Seth Rollins. I think the part of it, if you really want to dive into the mind of Tony Khan, God forbid if we'd really try to do that, is he says, where was the outrage here because people were angry with his booking? I think people hold his booking to a different standard, Nick, because to your point, he has held out records, wins, losses, rankings as mattering. And when those seem to vanish and go away and he's playing by a variety of different rules, people are going, hey, what the hell? In WWE world, years ago, we brought him up before, Jerry Lawler, was a number one contender against The Miz. Why? Because he's a guy who, you know, draws an audience attention. They don't play by the same rules. Obviously, you can't just take somebody out of nowhere, plug them in for the world title situation and think, yeah, this is going to make a ton of sense. But this is the last thing, and then I will let you get to the next piece. <laughs> is this the time, Tony, to be poking the bear? Because WWE in the last few weeks has shown not only The Miz, but our truth, a guy who has been off television for almost a year, is now a white hot babyface because they decided they wanted to just put a little momentum behind him. Maybe this is going to be Hunter flexing a little bit and say, "All right, let's see what we can do with gender for a little bit and really kind of rub it in." I think I think that that all this will likely result in is some very good near falls in Seth Rollins versus Jinder Mahal next week on Raw because. 
people are now wondering, oh, is what just happened with Tony Khan going to somehow influence the push or whatever of Jinder Mahal? Is, does Jinder Mahal now have some kind of chance? I think that this match on Monday night is going to slap, dude. I think they're going to give him half an hour to go out there and put on, say, Jinder, in your head, pretend this is the WrestleMania main event. Go out there and put on the greatest match you've ever had. And look, I know that Jinder gets a lot of flack, right? A lot of people get a lot of flack because they don't wrestle the El Hio de Vikingo style in professional wrestling, okay? Uh, the Jinder works a main event style match. Um, that's what Sean Waltman would call it. And I think these guys are these guys have known each other for 20 years, Robert. They came into the business together. I really think all this is going to do is result in just a much better match from these two. And yeah, on the other side, I think Mahal will have some more interest in him. But in the in the immediacy, it's just going to result in some badass match on Monday night. I don't know if you agree with that or not. I think that they're going to turn the Jets on. I think they'll try everything they can to deliver a strong match. I think it's going to probably deliver a really strong rating because this is the first yes. Raw not going up against the national title game. Uh, I think they're going to pop a number. I think this is going to be a Shivani-style situation. And yes. it's just one where Tony didn't need to do that. That's the strangest part about all of this. Um, it, it, it was odd it was baffling and you're putting a massive spotlight on your competitor at a point in time where you should be focused on your own product your own program we literally talked about this yesterday that it was like well we really don't have a lot to talk about with AEW and I'm trying to be like well here's what they have coming up it's the big dailies play show that's where everybody's mindset should be and this recurring theme of it's teed up perfectly you have a lot of positive momentum and you find a way to derail yourself so Eric Bischoff decided to get in on this because Bischoff going to Bischoff. Um, he posted a clown emoji in response to the whole situation, which Tony Khan was not about to let stand unresponded to. Uh, he shared a GIF uh, that said, get out of my sight, you miserable has been. And then I'm going to jump back over to the Coachman tweet. This whole thing is a web. Um, a fan responded to Coachman saying, Tony forgets that he literally gave Abaddon a title shot after being off AEW TV for over a year. The same exact situation as gender. Now, Eric then responded uh, asking Tony if this was true. Tony actually responds to Eric. He says, no, Eric, not true at all. Abaddon returned to AEW, and then they won a four-way match on TNT against other great wrestlers to earn a title shot, which is completely different than someone going a full year losing every match they've been in and getting a title shot without a single win. He followed that up with another tweet saying, reading would be your friend, Eric. Now, um, I'll happily give out free advice here to Tony and really anyone else. Um, it's okay to ignore Eric. You don't need to, you don't need to play into that one. Uh, he's gonna, like I said, Bischoff's gonna Bischoff and he's gonna be saying whatever he wants. Uh, I, I, um, yeah, I, I don't even, why, why do that, Robert? Why get into it with Eric Bischoff? What's the point? Nothing good comes of this. And I think part of me is super relieved that when Vince was younger, there was not Twitter. Uh, and also that Vince can't physically like he can't type he finger types. It's like it'll take him an hour to send a sentence. So I get the the anger, the hubris that you want to go and pick a fight with the world here. It's something that worked effectively for Paul Heyman. It's something that did to a degree work effectively for Eric Bischoff. For, I, I think Dax yeah. Harwood pointed out like Bischoff calling out Vince. But when they did that, 
or at least when Bischoff did that, it was a sign of desperation in trying to get noticed and get attention. That is not a situation Tony needs to be in. We're going to talk about it a little bit. You know, Warner Discovery touting the ratings of AEW is contributing to the overall lift of their their broadcasts. Again, the 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 risk versus the reward and what he what he decided to tweet. I haven't seen people coming to his defense saying this is great. You've now galvanized uh, people around Jinder Mahal and then kind of maligned Hook. Like, poor Hook, yes. who I love. I think Hook is a wildly talented guy. Jinder's very funny, you know, tweet of, like, who's Hook? Obviously tongue-in-cheek. But why tear, why tear a guy down? Why go after booking of a show that seems to be uh, very successful right now? They, I saw somebody yeah. tweeted out, like, Jinder's one segment with The Rock was seen more than Dynamite, Collision, and Rampage combined. I don't get it. I, yeah, and the thing is, like, yeah, everyone wants to see Hook versus Jinder Mahal now. That's the forbidden door match people seem to be into. Um, now, Jinder Mahal did attempt to get into the conversation here. Uh, he tweeted out, who TF is Hook? Watch Monday Night Raw on USA Network, Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Now, he has since deleted that tweet. Now, of course, I, I have looked into it. I haven't gotten a straight answer about why he deleted it, but... My hunch, my speculation would be that somebody came to gender and was like, dude, this guy's hanging himself. You don't need to get in on this, right? You had Idris Enoff from uh, NXT uh, telling Tony to STFU, and his tweet still stands. But I think that just because gender being a top guy and having this kind of organic momentum behind him, it doesn't look like he tweets a whole bunch. Like, I doesn't really have much of a social media presence. I'm going to guess that somebody just politely tapped him on the shoulder and was like, dude, you don't need to get into this. It's it's not going to help you. Everybody's already on your side. That's just me as a hunch, you know? Yeah, I think Corey Graves tweeted out, like, gender rules, and people were like, oh, this is great. Like, that was enough of an acknowledgement. Yeah. Obviously, Taz still has a lot of friends in WWE, rightfully so. I think Hook is someone who could wind up in WWE at some point in time. I think he would be a fantastic addition to NXT or even WWE in general uh, going forward. I will point out this comment here uh, from Cadillac Carson. Aren't they finding AEW talent when they say crazy stuff on Twitter? Uh, if they televise the conversation between Brian Danielson and Tony Khan, I think the ratings will be huge for Dynamite tonight. Well, and, you know, a lot of people saying, why do this? What's the point here right now? I'd be remiss if I don't. You know, it, it definitely gives people something to talk about that's not the Jericho situation. Um, and that seems to be the drumbeat underneath this, because if you look at a lot of the comments, there was one comment directly asking Tony why he's more interested in this and not what's going on with Jericho. And that got about as many likes and retweets as the actual content that Tony put out that everybody is passing around. They're also now apparently hiding tweets about Jericho. They've sent out... Uh, you know, the cease and desist, the pull down notices for video of the, of the NDA chance being thrown at Jericho. A part of me in the back of my head just wonders if this is something now that Tony can publicly make a talking point and address that is, I mean, it's stupid, but it's not controversial. Um, that's just my two well, cents. On I mean, crazy. his strategy, Tony's strategy on social media over the last several months has definitely shifted. He has been more confrontational. He has engaged with people directly. He has tried to stir up uh, a, a kind of a war with WWE. And in some ways it works because it puts eyeballs on his social media, which is where he's also tweeting out about 
tune into Dynamite, tune into Rampage, tickets on sale. I know their their ticket sales that they have for their their upcoming pay per view Sting's last match flying out the door. There's only like a couple hundred seats left, I think, in total. So to some degree, crazy old man standing on the corner screaming, you're gonna you're gonna get people watching it. And if it leads to more folks tuning into Dynamite, maybe you know the 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 Emperor uh, has some clothes on after all. Yeah. Um, well, we are short on time here, Robert. We uh, we had some time up top with the stars of Big Little Brawlers. We have more than enough to get into here in a three-minute period of time. So some of the stuff that we were going to get into, I will hold off onto until tomorrow. Uh, but what of what's left here on the run sheet, Robert, is there anything you really want to tie into this conversation or opine about right now? Um, I think that the, the component of Warner Discovery talking about the success of AEW's ratings, when that really probably should have been the front and center story that Tony was telling. That is true. I think yes. that to me yeah. was very surprising. Yeah, because so what uh, what Warner did is they put out this press release. Uh, they were citing their 2023 performance highlights. Uh, they noted that TNT's ratings among adults 25 to 54 grew 14 percent. Uh, popular, and this is what they said about AEW: popular AEW Dynamite, Collision, and Rampage reached nearly four million viewers each week across TNT and TBS. And for anybody who's looking for any kind of sign here about what is going on between the relationship between Warner and All Elite Wrestling. Warner touting all elite wrestling and the benefits they bring to TNT TBS. I mean, that feels like kind of a, a big deal or am I misreading the situation? They should be celebrating something that's a live multiple times a week program. That's on the variety of their networks that does still draw a, a big number for them. You know, numbers and cable are so skewed the way that they are. Warner discovery saying, here's all these things that we have advertisers start throwing your money at us. I think it'll help uh, big little brawlers going forward if Warner Discovery is is seeing true value in what they have for for wrestling, and that should have been the the headline that Tony is going out there with instead of fighting with the USA Network Twitter <laughs> uh, feed and and then you know denigrating uh, Jinder Mahal. Yeah, but again, that's something Tony could talk about, right? It's a silly, stupid thing, and it is just another thing. It's a talking point that that everybody's going to be buzzing around Tony about right now. And uh, again, I think in the immediacy, the only thing that's going to come from this is I think Monday is going to be an absolute slam banger between Seth Rollins and Jinder Mahal. Uh, all right, everybody. I want to thank Big Little Brawlers, Pinky and Psycho, for joining us at the top of the show. Thank you so much to Discovery for allowing so much of the talent from the show to come on here and talk to Robert and I. It's been an absolute honor and privilege to get to know uh, these performers a little bit better. I hope you all have enjoyed these spotlight interviews. We are working on some pretty big uh, interviews uh, to bring here to the show here very soon. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, tomorrow, we will talk about uh, Kevin Dunn's replacement. We'll talk about Ray Phoenix. We'll talk about Tama Tonga because I got a little insight into that, but I'm, I'm probably going to get a little bit more throughout the day um, about him. But if you like the show, uh, please uh, go over to the podcast feed of your choice where you can find the show, leave a nice review, leave a nice rating, leave a nice comment. All that stuff has helped propel us up the charts. We have routinely been a top 20 pro wrestling podcast, and we'd like to routinely be a top 10 pro wrestling podcast. You can help us do that. And if you do leave a nice comment this Friday, fun Friday, we got no guests, but I'm going to make sure we go in and read some of your Apple reviews here on the show. I'm Nick, I'm Nick underscore Hausman over on Twitter, and you can find me over at houseofwrestling.com. So on behalf of the man who would never hinder gender, Nick Hausman, I'm Robert Karpolis. Best of luck in your future endeavors.